Welcome to Things That Get Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And I have a bone to pick. (laughs) With your chair. With my chair. Okay, so as some of you hopefully have not picked up, Ryan has because he's our wonderful audio person, is that my chair sometimes squeaks. Now let me talk about this squeak. It is a high-pitched <laughs> groan of somebody giving up. <laughs> and you can't find it. This thing has been turned nearly inside out, looking for where it is so that we can coat it with enough WD-40 to fuel a water park. <laughs> to fuel a water park? <laughs> so, That's disgusting. That's a health fuel. violation. <laughs> and it doesn't change. The squeak remains. It happens whether I get up, whether I sit down, whether I move a single toe. The squeak happens. So, I have a request for all of our, well, my co-hosts, but also all of our wonderful listeners. If you can figure out how to find an unfindable squeak in a chair (laughs) and eliminate it from existence. Give a mouse a cookie, they'll squeak in the chair. (laughs) I mean, I, I actually prefer have, give a moose a muffin. Yes. I actually have some really bad news for you, Rachel. Uh, WD-40 is not it's going terminal. to fix your squeak. It's terminal. The terminal squeak. <laughs> the terminal squeak. It is slowly going. <laughs> it's going to <laughs> no, uh, WD-40 is uh, it's water displacement 40, so it's not actually like oil. It's not going to fix anything. Um, you use it when th- something's like rusted over. Water displacement. I was, I was just trying That's to... the first time I ever learned what WD-40 actually means. Sh- why didn't I have that as a question <laughs> for today? Um, so there's your fun pre-trivia like question. Things rubbing together. Right. Uh, it unsticks them, but it's not, it, it's mostly used for things that have like rusted together. You know, it displaces, oh, uh, mm. you know, the, the water damage on metal essentially, or just things that are stuck together, you know, like whatever, but it is not a permanent solution. Like WD-40 is very much of like, this is a bandaid to get things apart. What you need Got is it. some actual like oil for like nuts and bolts or like some threaded oil and things like that. We'll grab the olive oil from the kitchen next. Honestly, it might be better than WD-40. <laughs> but the problem is also that it's like really deep in there. It, <laughs> well, just like, get like a, a funnel or something or like, I don't know, just well, coat your chair like, in oil, Rachel. Like, you, you know how like you sometimes like have that like compartment that like yeah. the manufacturer has like sealed shut. It's yeah. somewhere in there and I don't know where. Just just treat your chair like a Christmas tree and then put it in the stand, but fill the stand with oil and let it just like absorb all of it up. It'll fix and it. And then throw it out after a month because it's a fire yeah, hazard. It's a fire hazard. And it's probably leaking. <laughs> You're going to like go to back out of your chair after it's dripped on the floor and just like run into the wall. Gross. <laughs> Also, if your dad is, if your wonderful father is listening, I just imagine him listening to you try to fix a chair and just be like, hmm, that's okay, Rachel. No, 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 no. This is the thing. So my dad is the most laid back person in the world, but has the most iconic mannerisms in doing so. So he's going to sit back. Okay. Ryan can picture this. He's going to stretch out his legs, going to cross his arms over his chest. And then he's going to nod for a second, Mm. narrow his eyes a bit, thinking about it. And then he's going to raise up one hand, put it on his chin, and says, huh, looks like you got an interesting problem going on. (laughs) (laughs) I would uh, work on fixing that. (laughs) And um, all of this while he's wearing his apparently extremely hard to find and extremely collectible Grateful Dead belt. Oh, that he's had forever. Like it's got like little teddy bears on it. Oh yeah, no, like, it's like huh. it. He's had it ever since I can remember. And then a baseball cap of some national park or laboratory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can you picture it, Ryan? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's like your dad sounds cool as hell. And then he you is. say, "I'm working on it by soaking it in oil," and he says, "All righty." <laughs> Actually, you two would get along great because he's oh, I think woodworking so. <laughs> master. Oh man! Every I... single wood piece in my parents' house, including cabinets and window frames, are hand built by my dad. Oh my god, he's one of those. He guys built all our bed frames, all. and he's building. He built a garage, and now he's building a house. Hell yes! All right, I need to talk. <laughs> Somehow, he's also. <laughs> I, I, he's also, by the way, kind of encompassing all of this. His day job is he's a test and design engineer building computer chips, and then the machines test test, test the computer chips that go into supercomputers. God. So it's like <laughs> it is like a mirror thing, actually, Stu. <laughs> yes. Somehow in the future, when we go to Colorado, we visit them. We have to get you and Aaron out to their property yeah. or something like. Awesome. So cool. I am all for it. Also, uh, we're gonna how are we gonna do this? We're doing something new and something fun this weekend because we're the three of us and we make a great show. (laughs) We are having a blast doing new kinds of rounds, exploring new topics, exploring new trivia, and testing each other's knowledge. So this week we're doing something new, and each of us has prepared Two rounds of four questions to bring that to you guys. More trivia, more fun, all around greatness. <laughs> that's that's the mark. That's the subtitle of the show. But <laughs> more trivia, more fun, all around greatness. How does that sound, Ryan? <laughs> that may very well go into our description of the show itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I was thinking when I used to do stuff on trains, sometimes things would happen on it, and now we have to kind of roll with it. So I got good at doing a roll with it. This is roll great. Roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. We're on a train. Like I said, we, we want to have we want to have more guests. We want to have our our previous guests return. We want to reach out to more people, but we also want to have time where it's it's just us and like we get to do the show, you know, the way we really want to do it and the way that like we started with and all that kind of stuff. And the one thing we haven't been able to do is more questions. And I think we've also been in a little bit of trying to like make sure that every round kind of fills the need like lives up to the fact that you only get one chance at it per game and so maybe in a sense we've also like you know boiled them down just a little bit more and you know we were talking about this a couple weeks ago and Stu, you you know even you mentioned it's like if if we feel the need to change it up like it's time to change it up then like let's try something new and we always want to take that to heart be trying new things and so we found a little bit of a way that I think makes us really, really excited. And when we do these kind of rounds with these hostful episodes, we want to um, be working more. And I think the the standard we're going to try to go with is we're each going to do two rounds of four questions. So that way we get more opportunities to try new rounds, you know, getting the question, having more questions overall just for the listener and more new stuff. And that means we get to try new rounds, more kind of chaotic stuff and see what happens and try some that maybe don't always go so well, but we always want to be kind of pushing, you know, those boundaries and do some fun stuff with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I fully agree. You know, it's so much fun to be on here. And one of our best parts is just exploring everything new and fun. And uh, we're about to have a blast. It's going to get weird. (laughs) It's going to get real weird. <laughs> and I'm here for it. And yeah, and I'm I'm here for all of it. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what makes the show the best for it. just the us physically recording it. You know, certainly hope that the listeners feel the same. But like, I think it's at its best when we're having the most fun and trying to be stressed about getting anything out the door is certainly not fun. So like, you know, we're excited to just you know find find a little bit of a new path and like find what keeps working and keep producing the same show that we love to do. Absolutely. So seconded. Yeah. Yo, Stu already seconded. <laughs> okay. Third Z's, but besties. <laughs> Are you saying cubed? Because this is our no. very 64th ever oh, episode, and we're officially 64. cubed. You oh, do gosh. know that I'm wearing oh, the N64 the shirt. Blockchain well. has gotten me. <gasps> you are. Yeah. This is this is things that got wrong 64. It's, it's the official fate. new platform. <laughs> <laughs> We're officially in 64-bit now. Oh my god, it's 3D. We're... <laughs> things get wrong, 3D. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. 
But here we are. <laughs> 64. Then they Nintendo said 64. it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. <laughs> and yet, here we are, and you're going to find out. 3D modeling in video games. The epitome of having two or three really good games and a lot of mediocre stuff for like 15 years as they figured <laughs> out how to do it properly. <laughs> yeah. Me hoping and praying that's not us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cheers to year 16 in the future, where we finally get it together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, after 16 years, we finally know what we're doing. They're finally like, I think they finally figured out the formula. <laughs> they finally got <laughs> questions right. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't overreach there. <laughs> yeah, if, if anyone's heard so far, and I'm not sure how this will time out with future stuff, but... If anyone hasn't heard our uh, mine and Rachel's episode on Geek Bracket oh with JP, Christ. I have never experienced, at least in this show or any trivia that I can recall, so much sweat dripping down my face as <laughs> I'm trying my very best. <laughs> <laughs> that was one where, you know, I, I was explaining to Ryan afterwards, and this kind of goes for all of the trivia, is I know a lot of facts but they're confined to really narrow categories of things. <laughs> I either know the deepest dive, the deepest dive, the deepest dive, or nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is all or nothing here. And so when we're talking about like talking through our reasoning, talking through all of that, I'm like, well, the reasoning is I'm checking in my mind to see if I have it. <laughs> and, that's and, yet, it. Yeah. <laughs> and yet mine is, and Rachel can corroborate the story. I'm like, I can feel like the slightest thread. Like I, I like I know the word has five letters. Like I can see it. Like I think <laughs> there's like a T or a K in the word. I can picture the person, and I can't. You know. And then that goes on until my brain like seeps out of my ears. <laughs> <Gross>. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> we. Yeah. See, I, I'm more on Ryan's side of this sort of thing to where it's like, I, I always get an intuitive feeling in some form or another um, that I can act on, which generally is okay. But my problem is second guessing myself. But I yeah. feel like if we are able to, if with our powers combined, right. well, we might be able to get like a couple of them right. Yeah. But and it was like, and that's just like, I'm just the opposite, which is actually... You know, very can good. make can make talk can make talking through answers very difficult because my brain process is almost like just you know calling up a librarian to go see if we have the file on hand, <laughs> uh, and and like what's the thought process? Well, I am just checking to see if I have it. That's the thought process because if I don't have it, I cannot reason my way to it. <laughs> But yeah, J JP, who's been on the show a couple times, is uh, a master craftsman of his questions and just his way of delivering all of that. And it is a it is a tough game of trivia. It is very competitive. It is certainly a notch higher than you know your general weekly pub trivia. Um, yeah, I would say you know, in my estimate, like the questions, especially like just the way they're formatted, like it's probably tougher than like general jeopardy because jeopardy brings in you know speed of the question is is as important it, it's a great you know he, he again he he puts out a, a wonderful show but uh and we were on both myself and rachel were on one of the semifinals or sorry one of the qualifying rounds for the geek bracket um so definitely go check it out if you haven't already uh it's great fun and if you want to see both of us squirm a lot uh <laughs> that is on full display <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some trivia. We already said this is the 64th ever episode and 64. We are officially cubed. We are officially 3D. We are officially polygonal Mario 64 characters running around falling off ledges, which is more uh, works. germane to our show. And uh, we have six rounds of wonderful questions. The most we've I think ever had. Uh, for all three of us to answer in double round robin style, double complete round robin. <laughs> and uh, we will uh, earn points and buy for all the internet points in the world. And if you're ready, we will get to Stu's round. Thank you. Uh, I am ready for this one. Cool. So my round is called Net Worth. Uh, this round deals with different websites and uh, their worth or values or different web companies. Uh, so some of these are um, like 
different rounds. I'm going to have you order things from uh, like most expensive to least expensive sort of situations. Okay. And then two, and then two of them are just general trivia. Question number one: uh, domains. So these domains are strictly cash only uh, and with nothing sold other than the domain name. Put these domains in order from most expensive to least expensive. Voice.com, iCloud.com, Wine.com, and Sex.com. How, how is iCloud spelled? Uh, I, just like the a lowercase okay, i okay. and the cloud. That's all I was. Okay. Yes, I'm, I should. Yes. <laughs> It makes a difference. Um, it does. Okay. And, so can you repeat them just to make sure I got them? Yes. And, and here, let me actually give you the year that they were sold as well. Voice.com 2019. iCloud.com 2011. Wine.com 2003. Sex.com 2010. Interesting. I don't know if it changes things or not. I know. I was kind of surprised by some of these as well. One of these was like newsworthy. Um, yeah. And sets the record for the most expensive domain name that was ever sold. That was strictly domain. I'm going to go from most to least. Does okay. that work? Yeah, okay. it's totally fine. Um, sex.com, voice.com, wine.com, and then iCloud.com. Okay. And I, Ryan. I put sex.com iCloud.com, voice.com, and then wine.com. Okay. Give me just a moment. Beep, 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 beep. Do, 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 ba, da, da, da. Is that Bob's Burgers? The do, 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 the aliens, the alien reception is coming. Cool. So I will, uh, here, let me list them out from most expensive to least expensive. Voice.com in 2019 sold for $30 million. I mean, I was thinking that, that, yeah. that, that date, I was like, oh, but because it was so, because it was so far now, like the, right. the prices have gone exponentially up. Right. Just the fact that it's 2019, I, I should have. It's oh, all good. Uh, the next up was sex.com with. Uh, in 2010, that sold for $13 million. The f- it was actually caught between those two. Yeah. Which one's going to go first? Yeah, I know, right? Like it was, it's, I, that was kind of the curveball, too. The third one is iCloud.com, which sold for $6 million in 2011. And the fourth is Wine.com, which sold for $3.3 million in 2003. Okay, so Wine.com was throwing me through for a loop. Because it was like, it's either people knew it was going to be a big thing... Because wine.com, that's a great domain. Right, right. Um, you know, it, they either knew it was going to be a do- big thing, so it went huge, or it was still small enough that it didn't go nearly as big as the others. Like, it was... Right. It's, it's one way or the other, right? Um, yeah. So on that one, Ryan got one point. <laughs> oh, nice. For the, for the ordering, and that's all we actually got on that one. At this point, any domain name that's like three or four letters, it could just be pure gibberish, but if it's a .com that's three or four letters, it's probably like $100,000 minimum. And then if oh, it yeah. actually spells something, like 10x that. <laughs> it's, in, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. Uh, my friend's dad owned bubble.net and, uh, for a long time, <laughs> and he ended up selling it for like eight grand or something like that, which I thought was pretty cool. I like it. I always wanted to get bot.net and then just oh make it like God. a search engine. You can go to botnet. That'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, question number two. This is going to be the uh, same style as the last round. Uh, so these companies, uh, these are tech companies. And so I want you to rank them from uh, the most annual income or most annual revenue to the least annual revenue. These are all uh, online tech companies, or at least, you know, they have a large tech presence, if you will. AT&T, Google, Facebook, and IBM. Hmm. What year do we have on AT&T? It is, this would be all their annual reportings for 2020. Say, because AT&T is the product of an antitrust breakup of a huge conglomerate, so. So we're doing revenue? Yes, this is their annual recurring revenue, um, or at least their annual revenue of 2020 uh, for the most recent reports. All of these are within the billions, too, mind you. <laughs> yeah. Google, Facebook, IBM, AT&T. All righty. And Rachel? Um, so 
it's actually coincidence that mine was exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Alrighty, so each of you actually got one point on that one. Uh, AT&T <laughs> is the leader uh, with $181 billion in annual revenue, which I thought was just wow. insane to me. Um, Google is second, you know, which kind of makes a little bit more sense. But uh, Facebook is actually last, uh, coming in at $71 billion, and IBM was $78 billion. Um, but both of you got IBM right. Interesting. I just assume I everything is ads, but if that's basically all that Facebook has, maybe that makes sense. Yeah, and that's right. I do like looking into this round a little bit more. It's it, I think it's becoming apparent that Facebook is not the giant. Uh, it's still giant, but it's not like the giant anymore. Uh, I think that it's finally dwindling out a little bit more. As it probably should. Yeah, as uh, it should. Yeah. I think my um, my assumption was that IBM and AT and T had probably more. I guess because it wasn't res- revenue, it doesn't matter as much, but they probably have far more expenses than right. like physical product and different stuff like that. But yeah, that's cool. Nice. So one point to each of you on that one. Question number three. The Million Dollar Homepage was a website that launched in 2005. The site sold pixels for advertising in 10 by 10 blocks, uh, so 100 pixels at $1 a pixel. So the minimum you could buy was... $100 worth of pixels. Uh, you'd submit an image and a link, and then you could, it would just get pasted up there. Uh, and, you know, that was your permanent advertising space. So all the pixels sold at a standard rate, except for the last group of 1,000 pixels, which was auctioned off on eBay to the nearest $1,000. How much did the final pixels sell for? Jeez. This was four months after the site launched, too, by the way. If it, the four months after the site launched, it was already down to the last 1,000. It's yeah, and I'll have both of you guess actually, and I'll just take whoever's closer. All right. So never mind to the nearest thousand. Like a but. weird internet gold rush. I feel like we're it, that way now with NFTs and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ryan, what is your guess? Uh, fifty thousand. Okay. And Rachel, what is yours? Why is Ryan living in my head? Fifty-three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, it, this one will go to Ryan. It is $38,000. Nice. $38,100 is what it finally <laughs> sold for. For a Which, one pixel? No, no, no. Not one. A thousand pixels worth of, of advertising space. Which is still next to nothing. Can you I mean, go that to is, that? Can you still go to at, that site? Look it up. Um, like just search like the million. Don't like go to milliondollarhomepage.com. Like search for it, and you can find yeah. screenshots uh, and like link maps and things like that to what the site was uh, before it died, which is just, I mean, is a relic in itself. Um, <laughs> nice. Two points to Ryan there. And question number four actually ties into question number three. Alex, two, the man who made the million dollar homepage, dropped out of college right after making his million. <laughs> <laughs> He took some time to reflect on his life and what to do with his new earnings. And during his meditations, he realized and funded what popular medita- meditation application. Oh, what's his Rachel? name again? Alex Tu, uh, T-E-W. Rachel. Rachel, calm. Calm. That is correct. Wow. Uh, the guy, yeah, he took a little bit of time off and uh, a number of years later ended up founding and uh, funding uh, Calm. That's which cool. I actually have, which is pretty freaking awesome. I had no idea learning that Yeah, uh, on this round. It's nice. Two points to Rachel. Good work. Also, this website yeah. is like, it's like if, it's like the website your grandpa looks at and it gets covered in spam in every like internet browser. You know how yes. like <laughs> Yahoo has like, or whatever has like 40 bars on it and you yeah. can't even see the screen <laughs> anymore. That's, That's what, what I was going to say. Like. It reminds me of the hot bars, yeah, that right. Yahoo used to install. And all right, you'd have one for literally like every site that you were on. <laughs> right. Nice work. Uh, that is two points to Rachel. And that actually ends the uh, first shortened round that we have. All right. Woo. Rachel with three points, myself with four points. Uh, Stu technically just holding down the fort because that'll never go away. Nope. I am. I'm <laughs> here for it. Here. We forever. love our fort. 
It's really nice. <laughs> it is really nice. Have you seen it lately? It's propped up with load-bearing dictionaries. I, I have. <laughs> I did so badly in the geek bracket one that I was forced back to our fort. <laughs> I ended the game with zero. <laughs> oh, man. It's okay. Like, I don't think I could ever stand up in JP's rounds. Like, he's, he is, it's tough and it's awesome. <laughs> hey, Rachel. Okay, so for my first round, uh, I decided to kind of do something fun. Um, I know you guys both like to cook, and you guys both like parties where you're serving people. So I thought about what are those specialized dishes and serving things called, or what do they do? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bringing out in the mind fine that china. I yeah, the fine keep, china keep mind, trivia. I Sorry. Didn't, like, I didn't go into some, like, in ancient Rome, they did no, everything is still like potentially still used nowadays. So and at Bixie least two cups. of them you guys should be able to get. Um other than that, if if this round is hard, I'm gonna suggest you br- brush up on your English, um, your debutante manners. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> Not English, but I like your effort. <laughs> um, okay, question number one. Also called a sniffer, what light name refers to a glass that holds the flavor-heavy brandy? Oh, what's the alternate name? Yeah. Uh, no. Crab, we had this in actual pub trivia like two years ago, and I no, they were asking it. for they were asking for the sniff. Uh, right, they <laughs> were asking for the sniffer. <laughs> I know what it. We have a couple. They're for scotch or like whiskey and stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, and a secondary follow-up clue because I thought about putting it in this question but chose not to and took it out but I will give it still put it in for two points yeah, I don't know which is it, it refers to the shape of the glass bulbous glass I mean you're not wrong but you're not right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds about right <laughs> Steve, I don't do you have any guesses called. yeah like I I know, like, I, I literally see this thing in my, in my brain. Like, I know exactly what this is. I, and I'm, like, trying to go through the shelves at, like, Bed Bath & Beyond, like, looking <laughs> at the glasses, you know, to see if I can find a name there. But I can't for the life of me remember it. Um, I think it begins with, like, a C, but I have, I have no idea. Guys, this is easier than you're making it. This is called a balloon glass. Um, balloon. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of looks like a balloon getting blown up. Yeah. Question number two. We all know that a charger is for electronics, but long before that, and still currently at a very nice dinner, what foundational place does a charger have on a dinner table? Oh, Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Uh, It's it's like like what foundational place as in like what where does it go in setting? Yes. Like so essentially like it sits underneath the main dinner plate. Exactly. It's literally a foundational piece. It's you set it down and you set things on it. Yes. Uh. And it looks pretty and sometimes it protects the table from hot things. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't go <laughs> next to the USB one. It can. I mean, it could. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rule against it, I, I think. Also, if you have USB plates, I, I need to see. Them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question number three. This dish is where um is where you'll is what you'll gen- okay in this dish is what you is where you'll generally find among other things creme brulee and French onion soup. Stew. Go ahead, Stew. A ramekin. Yeah, it is wow. a ramekin. I have many because they are so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, this um question is what kind of spurred this round. Just also, because- both of those have been two points of stew, right? Yes, That's absolutely. Yes. I'm not doing half points because you haven't answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you, Ryan. It's like a special gift because I know how much he likes them. Okay, question number four. Um, this one actually kind of spawned this round because I looked it up and I was like, I knew that deep in the recess deep in the recesses of my mind, and I wonder if anyone else does too. So name this table serving dish made to hold soups and stocks and other liquidy uh, dishes. Soups. Brian. 
Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I guess it's not serving, but stockpot? It is not, no. So um, with this round, keep in mind that we're thinking about like like a fully set up dinner table. Like At the fancy. dinner table. Yeah. Stew? So like kind of, go ahead, Stu. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, I don't know the technical term for it. Is this a gravy boat? <laughs> It is not. You're in the right family, though. Um, okay. Usually, they actually go kind of hand in hand. This is a tureen. Tureen. I have heard of that. I have only Darn. heard of it referred to at Thanksgiving dinner by my great grandmother. <laughs> but it was on the table and being used. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so that I believe is uh, four points to stew in this round. Yeah, stew's fancy. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Or has had to fill out a wedding registration at some point, dude. So my job, uh, my job from like four years on was to set the table in the house. Uh, nice. yep. With eight, with eight kids, it, it did get kind of uh, taxing at some point. Did you so also was, have to fold the napkins? Because no. even when we were just doing regular dinner, we always had to fold the napkins. That, was, that always kind of frustrated me. Thank goodness, <laughs> no. We are not that fancy. It just I was very familiarized with uh, tableware. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Stu with four points. Myself with four points. Rachel with three points. Uh, my round, I wanted to go back to a couple of our classics. So this is one we've done a few times. Uh, this is Tagline Takedown. Ooh. Where I will give you the tagline of a movie up front. And if you get it there, it's worth two points. Uh, I can also give you the year if you need. So question number one. For Harry and Lloyd, every day is a no-brainer. Rachel? Oh, man. Oh. Rachel. Is this Home Alone? This is not Home Alone. Uh, Stu. Stu. Uh, um, dumb and Dumber. This would be Dumb and Dumber. Oh, nice. Sweet. Should have gotten that. For Harry and Lloyd, every day is a no-brainer. <laughs> 1994's Dumb and Dumber. So two points. God, that was 94? Oh, my right? God. <laughs> I haven't seen the new one. There was one. I, I think it came out a year ago or so. A year or two ago. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Question number two. Relive the best seven years of your college education. Relive the best seven years of your college education. Mm, I think I know this. Give me a second. Stu? Stu. I know this is not right, but is this Animal House? This is Animal House. (laughs) Nice. Nice job. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 1978's Animal House. Uh, yeah, I was not going for old school or anything, but uh, that's it. Nice. Two I've points. never seen that, so that's why I didn't oh, think really? it was right. Yeah, that's why I didn't think it was right, because I've never actually seen it. <laughs> nice. Uh, two points to do there. Question number three. Weird is relative. Weird Rachel is relative. Rachel. Adam's family? This is the Adams family. Nice. Oh, man. Nice job. Well done, Rachel. Ooh. Weird is relative. <laughs> nice job. Uh, 1991's The Adams Family. Uh, two points of Rachel there. Question number four. Last question of this round Collide with Destiny. Uh, Collide um, with Destiny. Uh, Oh, oh gosh, I know this. I, I think I knew this. Um, give me a second. <laughs> okay. Collide with destiny. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't get to the title. I'm really, that's really frustrating. This Don't could be like a... overthink it too much. This could the, be a really funny tagline is for this, Finding um, Dory. Because <laughs> the whale's name uh, is destiny. Um. Oh, that's funny. I was funny. thinking of the Neil Gaiman book that was turned into a movie, the the Star one, which is one of my favorite movies, and I can't remember the title. It is um, not uh, Stardust. Stardust is what I was it looking is for. Not that uh, the year. Oh, oh good. The other one was going to be the Stephen King one, where the car goes on a rampage. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I literally lied. I couldn't remember the name of the car. All I knew it was female. <laughs> I uh, know. 
The year is 1997. Collide, Collide with destiny. Collide with Rachel. Rachel. Titanic? It is Titanic. Oh, wow. Wow. I was just like, what movies came out in 1997? Pretty That's much. That's all I know. Yep. I would not have gotten that. Nice job. Uh, that is... In that round, four points for Stu, three points for Rachel. The totals are myself with four, Rachel with six, Stu with eight. Double complete round robin. Back to Stu. Let's do this. Round number two. Ding, ding. (laughs) Cool. Um, So my round is on, uh, I guess, Japanese pop culture trivia. Ooh. Uh, It's pretty much just standard trivia for this one. No crazy rounds or anything in here. Okay. And we'll start it off with question number one. Beginning in the 1970s, this word, meaning cute, tiny, or lovable, became popular in Japan. Rachel. Technically heard Ryan first, but we can do both. Sure. uh, For this one. We'll start start with Ryan, because I heard him first. Kawaii. And Rachel? Kawaii. Kawaii. That's right. Uh, It was a whole movement of culture uh, and is used to define such icons such as Hello Kitty and Pikachu. Nice. Nice work. Two points to both of you. Question number two. Speaking of Hello Kitty, canonically, how many apples tall is Hello Kitty? (laughs) Rachel? Rachel. Four? Uh, That is incorrect. Uh, I have no idea. I've never heard this before. (laughs) (laughs) My wife found this out. (laughs) And she's like, you have to put it in there. <laughs> I'll say 10. Uh, that's not correct. It is, Hello Kitty is five apples tall. Oh, oh I've seen the pictures. I have I have Hello Kitty stuff. And I've yeah. seen the pictures of her next to the apples. And I was trying to count in my head. <laughs> I can't believe you've actually seen pictures of her next to the apples. Because like I've never even heard of that or seen anything for that. I love Hello Kitty stuff. I think it's adorable. It is. Question number three. The creator of the popular Hunter Hunter series is anime series is married to the creator of what other hugely popular 1990s anime? Rachel. Rachel. Oh my god. Sailor Moon. That's correct. Oh wow. I was like, I, my mind my mind went blank and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's like if you could name one thing, you should be able to name that. <laughs> Dude, nice work. I that was like I was worried to put that one in there. Um, nice work. Did you know that, or did you just get it? I actually did know that. Awesome. I I like anime stuff, and I I'm, I'm most of my favorite ones are the older ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I've my wife and I have watched like pretty much nothing but anime for the last like two three years. <laughs> it's the best. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Two points to Rachel on that one. Question number four, and the final question of my round. What was the first anime to come to America? It first aired in 1963 in the U.S. Wow, that's way earlier than I thought. I know, but you'll know it when you hear it. It was in black and white. Uh, Rachel? Rachel. Is this Speed Racer? It's not Speed Racer, though that was an extremely early one, though. That's the only one I know. Or... Right, I've got another one. <laughs> Ryan, do you have, do you have any uh, guesses before Rachel takes her second? Um, time period. No. Alrighty, Rachel, what is your second guess? Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure this one was early. Is it Mega Man? Um, no, it's not Mega Man, but he looks super close to Mega Man. I <laughs> oh, no, okay, uh, that's really frustrating. I don't know the name of the other one. It's so. Astro Boy. It's Astro oh, Boy. Yes. Ah, I can picture it in my right. head. Everybody knows the name as soon as they hear it, right? But it's like, no, that was apparently actually the first anime that came to America. Um, wow. Yeah, which I thought was really, really cool. Also, I found out that if you wanted to watch anime a long time ago, uh, they had these like clubs or memberships essentially that you would fill out a card and pay to have a like what is essentially like the script or a book for the episode sent to you in a translated language. So you could read the book while watching the show in order to actually have translations before like dubs huh. were a thing or even subtitles were a thing. Right. I thought that was super interesting. And it was all like fan done. Uh, you know, it was all like, these are just people that are passionate about anime and everything in the States. And, you know, we're able to translate 
they would they would do that. That's cool. That's which insane. I thought was super cool. Yeah. I don't which think I've I would have been an anime fan then because I've never been able to put up with subtitles, largely because they're so distracting from what I'm trying to watch <laughs> that I don't know what I'm watching, which props to people who can do them. <laughs> it's tough. It took me a while to get adjusted to it, but I, not that I prefer, I prefer a dub over a sub any day, but I still, you know, I can watch both of them. Nice. That is the end of my round. All right. I think that was four for Rachel and two for myself. So six points for me. Eight points for Stu. Ten points for Rachel. Woof. It's Rachel's Woo. turn. It is a close game. It is a close game. So um, I decided to do a play on one of Ryan's rounds. So instead of Disney After Dark, we have Literacy After Dark. <gasps> so I have taken those books that are very common to be read in middle school and high school. And I have given either parent or student reviews of the <laughs> book. And... You guys need to guess the book based off of the review. <laughs> Sweet. Nice. Um, please note for questions number one and three, the reviews for all of them were very short. So there's two reviews on one and three. Okay. Okay. But it doesn't change your points. You get both of them at the same time. Question number one. Review number one. One of the best books I've ever read and one of the only ones I've been able to reread again and again without it getting old. A powerful look at the concepts of totalitarianism, communism, dystopianism, the concept of society itself, with period. Contains violence and sex, but nothing is shown, is thrown in for mere shock value. Everything is in context and plot relevant. I suggest you begin reading this book immediately, if you haven't already read it. And if you have, read it again. Now. Review number two. I was to say the review number two. I accidentally buzzed in early. Oh, yeah. I think it was at first. Go ahead. Review number two. It's an epigrammatically sardonic yet frighteningly accurate metaphor for power, war, governmental um, perlustion, perlustration wrapped up in a dystopian forbidden romance with excellent characters and intense story. And a truly terrifying ending. This is a must-read for teams and up. Beware, though, of its disturbing themes, de- depiction of violence, and sometimes intertwined with sexuality. Beautiful, upsetting, utterly astounding, but not for young kids. Still. Okay, I'm going to let you guys both go because I know you guys oh. both buzzed, buzzed in. So, sure. Stu, you can go ahead first. Uh, 1984 by George Orwell. Ryan? So, my answer changed after that second one. Well, what is your answer now? So I'm now going to say it was Romeo and Juliet. I'm very sorry to say and kind of confused at your answer. It's not a book. I get it. (laughs) No, it is a book, like, under my context for this, but I'm not quite... The totalitarianism, I was thinking 1984. Dystopianism, the concept of society. Those all sound like the Montagues and the... uh, what you call it? What you, the Montagues and the what you call it? Uh, as they fight for war and peace and everything else, intertwine in this love story that is very sad and violent and not for kids. Romeo and Juliet. I get well, it. I mean, I, I do understand that. Um, 1984 and I do like your was th- my first answer, and then it changed. <laughs> I really like and I appreciate your answer, and I really actually appreciate how detailed you've taken this apart. I, I will say it's 1984, so you're wrong, but Stu is right. So two <laughs> points to Stu. Thank you. I... Talk about totalitarian regimes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I am not giving you what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totalitarianism. <laughs> that's um, the very definition. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I remember when I finished that book for the first time and I was sitting next to my dad and he knew that I was reading it and he was just like watching TV or something and I finished it and I closed it and he looks over at me and he's like, so? And I was like, why? Like, what the hell? Like, why? <laughs> You're not going to give me an answer? And he's like, don't get over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Welcome to literature. <laughs> right. Okay, question number two. Sit in, this one's a bit, a bit long, so... The animals of the manor farm lived badly. Their farmer, Mr. Jones, a mean and drunken man, exploited them, period, 
One day, Old Major, the pig who led the animals, called a meeting of all the animals. Old Major told them about a dream he had the previous night. He had he dreamed about an old song called Beasts of England, which started a resistance against human beings. When Old Major um, sang the song, most other animals started to join in. Everyone was very excited about rebelling. The main conflict was when they had the rebellion with Mr. Jones. When they started to attack, many animals were violent, and Mr. Jones and his men left running, and very soon... The animals had won the rebellion. One of the themes in the work is to work hard every day because in the story it says, I will work harder. From Boxer and he pulls up a boulder one, or when the boulder falls by the other animals, he saves it by how strong he is. I like this book because it shows how nothing can bring them down. <laughs> I would recommend this book to other people because it shows great messages. For example, it says, I will work harder from Boxer. Because usually whenever he doesn't have motivation to do things or to push himself, that's when he says to finish or conquer things. Make sure you read a fun and great book. Right. The last half, like, we may have to work on our question length. <laughs> okay, that one, I was having too much fun with that review. I knew it was long. It also felt But I was like having was... too much fun yeah. with, that, with that one. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Animal Farm. Yes. Mr. Two Jones. So I do apologize for the question length, but every once in a while I do run across like a review like this, which in its whole is just too beautiful to ignore. <laughs> Some pigs are just more equal than others. <laughs> True. And I think this person who wrote the review missed the entire point of the book. Right? <laughs> no, yeah. it's about try. It's it's it's, it's about, about trying, trying harder, Rachel. It's about taking I'm sides sorry. with Jeff Bezos and not the Amazon union workers. If you just try harder. Whip crack. Yeah. <laughs> Question number three. This one has two reviews. They're both fairly short. <laughs> review number one. It's a disgusting book portraying a one-sided and pessimistic view of humankind. It's disturbing and one of the worst books I've ever read. There are no deep analogies or anything of actual substance. It's simply a horrifying account of meaningless violence among children. Review Corduroy. number two. <laughs> <laughs> Great book and easy to read. I finished that book in four days. Welcome to a world where kids are, kids are stranded on an island. Meet Jack, Ralph, Roger, Piggy, and um, Semnerik. These characters will captivate you and also break your heart. Stu. Is that it? Ryan. Go ahead, Stu. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think both of us. Yeah, go ahead, guys. Um, Stu, uh, you can go first. Grapes of Wrath? Ryan? Lord of the Flies. Or, oh my god, whoops. <laughs> I wrote <laughs> yeah, it down. Two points too. to Ryan yeah, there. Two points to Ryan. Oh my god. <laughs> Again, this uh, is one of those things where that first review was in because the right. children, which was in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> Will someone think of the children? <laughs> meaningless violence among children. Just that phrase alone, meaningless violence among children should be Lord of the Flies immediately. <laughs> oh no. Nobody's it been might... to elementary school before. <laughs> my, brain knew, my brain knew the right one. My hand that wrote it on the piece of paper to lock in my answer did not. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's that fun. happens. And uh, last but not least, one of my favorite books that I read in school, although I'm not sure how common it was in other schools, we're about to find out. A riveting story of romantic and familial love against the violent drama of the French Revolution. The personal and the political lines are deeply connected and complicated. An additional historical background regarding the French monarchy, the feudal system, and French Revolution will help young readers appreciate the novel. It's also worth noting that though this is one of Dickens' best work loved works, it's atypical of the author's in author in some ways. Do you have the book? Ah, crap. Not after you said Dickens. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's really easy to forget that he he wrote this one. Uh, I was gonna say it might still be. I guess I don't. There, I was gonna say War and Peace. Um, not War and Peace. It was written by that was written by Tolstoy. Yeah, that's, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Is this actually a Christmas story or a Christmas carol? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. Don't know how um, the romantic and familial love against the violent drama of the French Revolution really plays into that one. I mean, the ghost of <laughs> Christmas know? past. I... Yeah. <laughs> Sue, I do nothing. you have a guess? I got nothing. This is a tale of two cities. That's that went what, through my head. Oh that's my the God. one I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of that happening why tonight. is this happening <laughs> i literally was like london and paris it's that one that is definitely not war and peace what i said idiotically it's a christmas story 
to all a good night. Guillotine <laughs> sounds in the background. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Ryan, where do I score stand? Uh, they stand at a very peculiar place because I have it as 10 to 10 to 10. Wow. Wow. Rachel, let's. let's Great for me. Let's not answer any of these and then let's have a great time. <laughs> you know what? I I like you know what? That's a great conspiracy and I'm in on it. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't think we can we can't do that to Ryan though. We can request no points be given to us <laughs> and then true. get upset if he gives us points. You're gonna protest the points? Protest oh, the yeah. points. Pro- point protesters. <laughs> and we will continue on until we get a three-way tie question. I don't even Which, know. How, how would we even distribute that. that? Yeah, like there's no I, way. I, oh, yeah, you're right. Mm. We have to play it fair. If we if we Scrap by that. chance don't uh don't accumulate any points, then we'll figure it out. And you know what? I don't think I could actually purposely not get points because I'm just too competitive of a person. That's fine. And this is one of my best games in a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> well then let's do it, Rachel. Head to head. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. Well, let's see how good you guys are at not getting points because this is the classic, the classic <laughs> lightning round. Oh, my gosh. Oh, geez. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Where I will give you a, a question with a numerical answer uh, that you could somewhat reason oh. yourself to, but uh, you'll have a short time to uh, give an answer, and whoever is closest will get two points. Sweet. Question number one: Across thirteen seasons to date, how many episodes? How many total TV episodes? And this doesn't include the mini segments; just the total like live to air TV episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants have there been? Oh God! <laughs> across thirteen seasons to date. Uh, Stu. I put down 294. Rachel. 157. All right. This is definitely going to Stu. There are 265. (laughs) Jeez. Across 13 seasons. And a lot more because, like I said, not the mini segments because there's little stories, two, sometimes three within each episode. Wow. 265 episodes have aired. Uh, two points of stew there. Question number two. Taking the volume, so taking the total volume of Earth, how many Earths would fit inside of the sun? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Ryan knows very well firsthand about my knowledge of proportions <laughs> and estimates of anything because uh keeping in mind that i have not have never had a taco that to my memory that i've made myself that i could close because i can it will always be just fine uh i cooperated this across a few sites so it is fairly relevant with the science we have taking the volume of the earth how many earths would it take to fill the sun rachel 972 Stu. 2,900. <laughs> and I know it's way more than that. <laughs> well, it's going to be two points to Stu. <laughs> it was just slightly closer to the correct answer of 1.3 million. <laughs> The sun is a little bigger than you would think. <laughs> I don't know how much goes into a taco when I have everything in front of me. Why do you think I would know the sun? <laughs> True. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not that bad, Rachel. You were only you only missed it by a factor of 1,337, which is quite lead of you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Two points to stew there. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit of a long one, so I'm going to give you a bit of time. So we're going to do it a little bit in pieces. Okay. So take the faces on Mount Rushmore. Okay. Right? The four faces on Mount Rushmore. If you took all of the standard U.S. coins and dollars that those faces appear on, so not like the total, like, 
circulated print in existence, but you know, to to help you out, like Lincoln is on the penny. He's also yeah. on the five dollar bill. That would be five dollars and one cents. So if you take the faces on Mount Rushmore, you take all of the standard coins and dollars that those appear on, what would that combined value be? I give you a oh, second more than man. normal, but oh man, <laughs> the faces on Mount Rushmore. You take the bills and coins in U.S. money that they appear on. What would all of that added up be? God, why do you got to do this, dude? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was such a fun question. Uh, it's it's whoever's be- closest, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, Stu, when you're ready. Yeah, I. I just it's not accurate, but one thirty six one hundred and thirty six dollars and fifty cents. Okay. Rachel? Can you give me a second? I'm really struggling with addition here. <laughs> I have my numbers written down. I'm just trying to get my Take addition. Seventy five oh my god and six cents. That's not a <laughs> Um, I got some bills confused. Can you, can you both walk me through your answers a little bit? No, I can. My, no, I'm not allowed (laughs) out of embarrassment. Oh my gosh. I forgot another one. Jesus. Uh, So you're both a little off this time. Do you want me to walk you through mine? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I have Jefferson. I think, I think he's on the 20. Yeah, he's on the 20. He's on the 20, no, he's also no, on the he's 5 not. cent He's also on the nickel Jefferson is on he's the Andrew 20? Jackson and now a much oh, better man. fit God, bloody hell. Oh my god Oh my gosh I knew the Harriet Tubman Okay um, <laughs> well, Anyway um, Teddy Roosevelt I think is on the 50 No No <laughs> <laughs> Well and Washington is on The dollar you don't know what money George Washington's on? Then I don't know what the heck is on our money. I have lived apparently under a sad little rock where I accept alternate realities. So my sad little rock is my home. I believe and that's money a boulder, is fake. not a rock. <laughs> money yeah. is just a construct. <laughs> yeah, money... You were closest, Rachel, at 75.06. Uh, the correct answer is $8.31. <laughs> what is, what is so, Teddy on? Teddy's not on anything. He's not on any money. Jefferson is on oh my God. the nickel. Because uh, um, uh, what's the place called? For Monticello. Monticello. And he's also on the $2 bill. Uh, I don't remember. I used to collect them. Lincoln is on the $5 and the one cent on the penny. And George Washington is on the $1 and the quarter. And the quarter. Franklin is on the dime. Cleveland is on either the 50 or the 100. Uh, the 100's Ben Franklin, I think. Yeah, the 100's oh, Franklin. Oh, you're right. Because that's what I got. That's right, Franklin. Because <laughs> it's all about the Benjamins. I was trying Benjamins. to identify who was on the 50. That might be Cleveland. It would make sense. Why? <laughs> Why, why, why would that well, because, make sense? Because inflation was going up at that time, so larger oh. bills would make sense. Uh, sorry, it's not Cleveland, it's Ulysses S. Grant. No, it doesn't make sense then. It doesn't, doesn't check out. <laughs> why would that make any sense? Uh, all right, I also have no reason to know those because I don't... Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, <laughs> Ouch, but fair. Two points to Rachel there for... Uh, you know, only being $67 off. I reiterate this. I am terrible at math. Like, everyone says everyone you can do just basic things. They're easy. Have you met me? I can't. It's n- basic things are like Mount Everest to me. And I'm not in the mood to climb. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> All right, question number four, the final question of the game. According to the pH scale, what is the pH scale for a ripened banana? According to the pH scale measuring acidity and base level, where seven is neutral, what is the pH scale for a ripened banana? Can't remember which side to switch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, higher is so fourteen would be max acidity. One, okay. or I guess zero would be pure base. Yeah, it's all about okay. that base. <laughs> Rachel three because potassium lights on fire when it hits water. Does that have anything? Is that relevant? I'm not yeah, sure. It's not relevant to a banana, but it's a fun fact. <laughs> so it. trivia. I thought you were like bananas have a lot of potassium in them. There's there's a little bit of logic there. You're like Ulysses S. Grant is on the fifty because Mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> And I'm happy today, and I've had enough sleep today, so you can see there's a difference here. Stew. I mean, I put 4.4, which is still way too alkaline um, or basic. But it's pretty basic, but uh, the answer is 4.6. Wow! What? Nice job, Stu. I checked Stu. it a few a few places and it does change if it's green or if it as it gets ripened but yeah. 4.6 at least between 4.5 and you know 4.8 or so from what i saw wow it consists of being 4.6 so that's two points to stew all right that is the end of a long game uh but <laughs> super exciting uh i'm really glad we get to play around with all these different rounds now uh the scores are as follows myself with 10 points and with scores of 12 to 16, <laughs> Stu, all about that Woo! base. Woof. It's all about... No, we're not saying that. <laughs> all right, nice job, Stu. Uh, that is the end of the game, and uh, we'll get to some picks. For each episode, a couple of us give a game, a movie, experience, something cool like that we recommend you check out. And uh, Rachel, today you have a pick. I do, and uh, Stu, your, your, first, um, your second round actually was really on point because I'm recommending an anime. Ooh, sweet. I have never been, like, super big into comedy animes. Like, I can, like, get them for one episode here or there. You know, Italia has always gotten me here or there, but it's also because they're really short. But I found one recently that's just amazing. I found Cells at Work. Oh, my God, yes. I haven't, and it's I, hilarious, yes. and it's cute. And, I'm, I mean, I'm not super far into it, so I don't think there's any, like, romance lines. I don't know. Don't spoil it. It's just so heartfelt, and at least in my mind, very lighthearted and cute. Um, so, Cells at Work. I watch it on Funimation. I'm sure you can probably watch it on Crunchyroll. I think it's also on Netflix and Hulu and the other big stream platforms. Essentially, the premise is that this is, as far as I'm at in the show, a random human body. And all your little cells are at work in what is um, fashioned as a massive city. And everyone's got their jobs. The main character is a red blood cell trying to do her job, doesn't really know how to do it. But everyone's just trying to do their job. So it's, um, you have white blood cells, they're all dressed in white, red blood cells, all dressed in red, but it's a cute show about the interactions and the everyday workings of the human body as everyone just tries to do their job. <laughs> I have not seen this yet, but it's been high on my list for quite a while. I, um, do not start new animes often. That is not something I do. I don't start new TV shows often. I'm just, I like things I can watch in the background. Like having like watching animes and stuff or watching new TV shows, it's just hard. Yeah. But this one is just wonderful and everyone should check it out. So that's my pick. Nice. I like it. We'll have the links. I also have a pick. Uh mine is also a TV show, but not an anime. Uh this is the Apple Plus TV show Ted Lasso, which I finished. Uh it is a comedy about uh Jason Sudeikis is the main protagonist. He is an American football coach who is very like quirky in his own right. And he randomly seemingly gets brought in to coach for a, uh, what's essentially a fake team in the scope of the show, but an English premier league football team. And, uh, it is the story of a good Midwestern charming person who is fish out of water dropped into England and has to coach a premier league football team. And you see that the, uh, the front of house and the players all have their motives and there's a lot of stuff going on, but this is a hilarious and very charming show and very emotional at times, but it is, I really, I think what I enjoy most of about it is at all times it is a main character who has a very pure moral compass mixed in uh you know in crazy like 
that like English football, uh, you know, the craziness there. And this is a person who literally doesn't even know the rules for soccer <laughs> and is trying to lead a premier league team and like the, you know, at the highest level. So like the players and like the divas on the team mixed with like the reporters and just everyone at the bars who just like have it out for him and everything else. And his, you know, time in winning them over and all the stuff that comes along with it. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Um, it is a hilarious show and it's really good. And it also just recently won either Jason Sudeikis or the show itself just won for best comedy or maybe best nice. actor in a comedy or something like that at the Golden Globes and some other stuff. So with the awards season kind of wrapping up, uh, picked up some stuff. But yeah, and I like I didn't really think much about Apple TV. I haven't paid that much attention. Like I have a subscription to it and I just put this on one night and uh ended up binging through the whole season and it's totally worth it it's only one season so far so definitely worth picking up if you can nice awesome uh i will check that out so that's ted lasso and uh yeah if you have a pick or anything like trivia idea anything like that just want to say hi uh things that get wrong at gmail.com also hi ryan Hi. <laughs> also check us out uh, Twitter and Instagram at things they are wrong and things they are wrong.com. The next episode will come out around mid April. So stay tuned. Stick tuned for that. As Stick you tuned. should. Stick, Stick tuned. tuned. <laughs> and, uh, thank Guys, you. I got so much energy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Stu and Rachel. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.